Hey there, Tony here with the Truth in Words and Music podcast, episode 130. Well, it's good to be back with you again. I hope you had a great week. I can't believe it's already been a week since I did episode 129, but time flies when you keep getting up in the morning and going to bed at night, doesn't it? And uh, something I've been saying lately, and I don't know, a couple of people caught on, but uh, uh, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're in a festive mood this wonderful Christmas season. Jesus is the reason for the season. I'll just get that out right up front. And I also get right into the the meat of the matter here. Uh, He is the only way. He is the only truth. Um, He is the only life, Jesus is. Now, I wrote about how it's not just a way that Christians have. It's the only way. And that sounds boastful on the surface, or it sounds arrogant, but... You know, you might be brilliant. You might be in, indispensable to your business or your company or your friends and your family. But you're nothing without the spirit of life in you. Neither am I. I like I said, I know in a way that sounds harsh, but the truth isn't always a kinder, gentler reality. Oftentimes it's rough around your edges. And the only way you can have a life with hope is the way, Jesus. Oh, there I go. Said it again, right? Well, any hope you have in your life apart from your Creator is short-lived and somewhat delusional. But here's the easy part. Your Creator loves you and He overlooks all your imperfections. Or He's willing to. As long as you're willing to trust in His perfection. No matter what you struggle with in this life, and everybody struggles, God wants you to live forever. Forever. He sent His Son as a loving sacrifice to make sure eternal life could and would be available to anyone, anybody who wants it. But it's not automatic. It does require one condition. And this is a really, really tough one. You ready for this? It requires your belief. You have to be willing to give up your position as God of your own universe and believe in the one true living God who loves you. When you do, he'll restore the spirit of life in you and you can live forever. If you can't do that right this minute, what in the world is holding you back? If you go to TonyFunderburk.com and you click on... Let's see here. TonyFunderburk.com forward slash the only way. You'll be able to see and uh, see this article and hear a song called Your Love Restored My Soul. Um, I'd love for you to listen to it, and I hope it blesses you and, and uh, gives you a little more insight into why what I just said was true. And I want you to know that, that God is good, but not just any God. Not just anyone you make up in your head. You can, well, you can make anything or anyone a God. You can make that your God. 
But that doesn't make it or them the God, not the one true living, loving God who created all the universe. And when you make something or someone into a God, your God, you're thumbing your nose in the face of the only God who cares about you. Your actual creator God is good, not simply good like you and I think about it. He is only good and righteous and loving and just. His love and eternal life is available to anyone who asks for it in humility. But that word, humility, that goes against the grain of self-righteous individuals. They believe that they and they alone can determine who or what God is, and they twist the truth into a world of foggy, smoky, dark clouds of delusion. And guess what? You know, sometimes that smoke is literal. Here in Colorado, where I live, pot has been legalized. And despite what anyone says, taking hallucinogenic smoke into your lungs isn't good for anything. Nothing. It doesn't cure anything, and it doesn't improve anything. Oh, sure, you might feel like something's better, but there's no doubt about it. You're not in the right frame of mind to make a good judgment when you're high. Pot is not good for anything. Now, you can certainly disagree, but you're only hurting yourself. Or is that true? Hmm. An alarming number of murders and various other crimes have been committed by people under the influence of pot. If you don't believe this, you can look it up. You know, Google it, for crying out loud. While on the other hand, an amazing number of lives have been saved while someone was under the influence of the one true living, loving God. That's a wonderful difference. Yes, God is good, and he can make good, well, scratch that, he can make eternally wonderful things happen for you. But if pot is is your God, nothing's going to happen to you. There's a song uh, called Nothing's Gonna Happen to You. And that's another song on TonyFunderberg.com forward slash God is Good. So there you already have two free songs you can listen to. I hope you will. And I hope it'll give you a little more insight, you know, uh, in a musical way. And I want to get right into the next thing that I talked about this past week. Uh, I titled it How the Wind Blows and How a Baby Grows. I love when I can make things rhyme. And you know what? There's a common answer to both of those. The wind blowing and a baby growing. If you're a scientist or even a layman with a curiosity for how things work, you should be in awe of the complexity found in a single living cell. I'm not talking about merely being curious. I'm talking about being awestruck, literally. If you don't understand how all the parts of the bacterial flagellum have to be in place, in order for a living cell to live and reproduce, then you risk coming up with wild explanations of how the wind blows or a baby grows. You might even postulate theories like, hmm, it all happened by random chance. I'm not kidding. Real adults have already done that. Why? Well, it's easier for most people to follow an evolutionary worldview because it helps them avoid having to answer to a high authority higher authority than self. I understand it can be scary to think there might be a God who could send you to hell for doing bad things. And I understand how it's more enticing to believe you're the ultimate master of your own fate. You're in charge. You the man or woman. But 
our whole planet, solar system, and universe speak out against you being some happy accident. If you fall for a silly notion like evolution or natural selection, you're liable to say irresponsible things like, no threat poses a greater risk to our future generations than climate change. Can you believe an adult would say that? Mm, yeah, the so-called leader of the free world. Not even going to mention his name, that's so stupid. But anyway, yes, it's irresponsible to make claims like that. You scare little kids into thinking we're all going to burn up or drown, or that cities and even states could submerge into the ocean. It's big talk from small minds. That kind of reckless disregard for truth and human emotion is just one of the many reasons why you should trust the one true living, loving God of creation. Here's what he says about our planet, and he wrote this a long time ago. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Now those words, contrast those with the no threat poses a greater risk to our future generations than climate change. Contrast that with everything's going to be okay. It's all going to be normal. Those words in the Bible deliver hope, not despair. They deliver confidence, not doubt. They deliver truth, not self-serving lies. Yep, the complexity of our planet and solar system and universe clearly, clearly illustrates an even more complex designer. But you don't have to explore the far reaches of the universe. You can simply use a microscope and look inside a single cell. God wrote an irreducibly complex code into each and every cell of your body. And that's how a baby grows inside the mother's womb. And that's how the wind blows across the whole surface of the earth. And God designed it all for you and me just because it pleased him to do so. Here's a little rhyme to help you remember. Just how the wind blows and a baby grows is a matter of God's beautiful design. He wrote the whole code and from him life flowed. You can trust the master writer's storyline. You can trust that he knows what he's doing. He knew what he did when he designed everything. And speaking of design, think about how, how many colors there are in the world all around us. And think about the ability that our eyes have to see all those beautiful array of colors. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it boggles the mind. But... I want to talk about how actually being colorblind could be a good thing. Now, to actually be colorblind, for your eyes to be colorblind, that means you have a deficiency of color vision. And this problem affects a significant amount of the population. I didn't, uh, I didn't realize how many actually, but it's a lot. And when you consider some of the potential hazards, it's not something to be taken lightly. But another form of colorblindness shouldn't be taken lightly either. And that's the ability to, as Martin Luther King Jr. said, judge someone by the content of their character and not by the color of their skin. Are you colorblind that way? I hope so. And I wish that type of colorblindness affected a more significant amount of the population. That would be good. But sadly, many people who claim to be non-judgmental 
when it comes to the color of a person's skin or some of the first to bring uh, skin color up when a heinous crime has been committed. Have you noticed that? I mean, I'm sure you've heard over and over in the news how white cops are killing black people. And, and that's awful that that happens. Or how blacks are attacking whites. And that's awful when that happens. And so on and so on. The point is, if you're going to be non-judgmental when it comes to skin color, why wouldn't you just report one human being committing a crime against another? What would it really matter, you know, the color of the skin of who's doing it against who or who's a, a, a victim? Why would that matter? Why would you even think to make it a racial issue? If someone murders someone else, I don't care what the skin colors were other than to hunt down the perpetrator, you know, get a description. But I care that a precious life was snuffed out at the hands of a murderer. Well, as we get closer and closer to Christmas this year, and if you happen to be listening to this long after, it's 2015, um, I hope you'll do your best to look past the skin color of other people. Really. I hope you'll use wisdom and discernment to convey God's love toward each of his creations. Wisdom and discernment tells us that genetics determine skin color, eye color, hair color, and a variety of other individual traits. Those potential colors are in every human being's DNA. You're not better or worse based on your skin color. You're like everyone else, in need of a Savior who can give you eternal life. Everyone needs that. Skin color has nothing to do with it. You need a Savior who is colorblind when it comes to our skin. We need that. He looks within. He sees your heart. He knows if you're letting in his light or living in the dark. Do you know which one you are? Well, I'd like to share some lyrics to a song I wrote back in 1987 about that very thing, colorblind. I made a motel room demo recording, so it's not very good, but uh, I'd like to share that with you now. This is called Colorblind. Nice if we could all keep the pace instead of having 
I said it's uh, an old motel recording so uh, don't hold me too accountable for that I hope you enjoyed it though I hope you uh, you know got what I was talking about as far as colorblindness goes and uh, I thought about not putting the song in you know I was just thinking mm, should I I mean it doesn't really show me off you know it doesn't doesn't show my better parts uh, better side uh, but I thought well you know uh, this isn't about perfection. I'll, I'll let you see the flaws, too, in the singing. Just an old recording, but uh, uh, that kind of segues into uh, the next thing I'm talking about, which is indecision. And um, I'd like to talk to you about how when not deciding is deciding. And I know there have been many times in my life when indecision caused me to miss out on opportunities. The good news is those were situations that only had temporary consequences. I was able to recover and move on. If you've lived more than a couple of decades, I'm sure you can relate too, but there is one area of your life where indecision won't be an excuse and it won't be some temporary setback you can recover from. I'm talking about your decision for where your soul will reside forever. You can't be indecisive about that. Here's a good reason. Eternity is going to be a long, long time. In fact, the definition of eternity is time without end. Now, you may not know this, but you are an eternal being. It's true. Even if you don't believe in and or trust in the living, loving God of the Bible, uh, it's still true. And there's a place in the Bible where it says God put eternity in their hearts, us. He created each of us to last forever. That may seem counterintuitive when you see how everyone eventually dies, but of course your body is not the eternal part of you. At the heart of you is your soul, and your soul will endure forever. But I suggest you give it the opportunity for more than a mere existence or endurance. Give your soul the spirit of life, and you do that by deciding you must decide that you want to live forever, not merely exist. When you make the decision to accept the gift of grace, 
that Jesus sacrificed himself to make available to you, he imparts his eternal spirit into you, and you will then live forever. The alternative is to merely exist forever, apart from that spirit of life. And here's the kicker. Indecision is the same thing as deciding not to accept that free gift. It's like this. When you stand before the throne of God on Judgment Day, you won't get to claim an ability well, you won't get to claim an inability to decide. You won't get to claim you didn't know. You won't get to claim ignorance of any kind. Unlike in the lousy justice systems we have here on earth, your excuses won't stand up in God's court. But you don't need to get to that point. You can avoid the harsh judgment. You can avoid an eternal, lonely, solo existence, and you can avoid eternal sorrow. But you've got to decide, and you've got to choose now. After your body wears out and dies, it will be too late. Don't wait, please. If you're standing at a crossroads in your life, and if you're wondering whether this whole Christian ideology is true or just a bunch of rules and regulations a bunch of men came up with, or if you get that feeling there's something more to life than just your time here on earth, well, I urge you to intellectually consider the possibility of eternal life. If you just can't do it, why? What's holding you back? I mean, there's nothing more important for you to ponder. And your indecision could be, and would be, your worst enemy. It will mean that you decided to exist forever apart from God. And that's the way he sees it. And the way he sees it is more important than the way we see it. Believe me, I hope you'll, I hope you'll consider it. And I want to ask you one final thing. Do bumps, scratches, and glitches ruin your day? Did you know it's up to you what can ruin your day? I know that sounds a little weird when you first hear it, but let me explain a little with a description of my day from yesterday. It started off very early and actually very well. No problems getting up on time and breakfast was nutritious and delicious. Plenty of hot and cold running water in the shower and Jeep started easily and I got to my morning meeting ahead of schedule. I got to hear nice things said about me in the meeting in fact and had some nice one-on-one -on -one time afterwards with a couple of people and that was great. The drive home was easy breezy. Lunch was tasty. You're saying to yourself, well, what ruined your day? <laughs> well, then it all began. I had some scripts to write for a client and my word processor locked up. I use pages on Mac and it's never done this to me before. But after some repeated attempts, it was working again and I started and then it locked up again. Well, it sort of stuttered actually. It was like the cursor would blink, but then it would stop and just keep doing that. So I rebooted the computer and it was working again. And then it started stuttering again. And then I decided to email my client to tell them my files would come the next day. But my email service wasn't sending out. I kept trying to get it to go and the emails would send, it looked like, but apparently they went into server limbo. So my second glitch was in full throttle. Now I couldn't actually do the writing and I couldn't actually send out an email. So 
you know, that's enough to ruin your day, right? But choosing to take the high road, I decided not to be phased. I figured it was time to look into my computer software and be sure I was up to date on things so the different applications would work correctly. Well, turns out my operating system needed updating to work more seamlessly with the latest updates I'd done on my, you guessed it, word processor. A couple of other apps had been updated as well, and um, they I figured they were probably in need of the same operating system update. So, okay, no problem. I, I started the process of downloading the operating system update. And, you know, looking forward to solutions finally. And that took me six hours. It was still updating when I began to write uh, um, the information that I'm sharing with you now. And let's see. Um, yeah, it took over six hours. I think it took about six and a half hours total. And I'm not sure why it was so slow. It usually has no problem at all. Uh, my computer and my Wi-Fi and <clears throat> my whole system usually goes much faster than that. But uh, what, what can I tell you? If all that happened to you, all that stuff I just described, or something like that, would you let it ruin your day? It'd be your choice, you know, to let it or not. I have to admit there have been plenty of times in my life when that many glitches and bumps and thumps would have ruined my day. But lately, I've been attempting to approach it a different way. Want to know how? Well, good, because I'm going to tell you. I've been trying to quiet the irritable Tony and listen to the still small voice of God. When I do, and I'm not saying I do all the time, but when I do, and by the way, I don't hear an audible voice, but the still small voice, I find that the awful stuff that typically irks me, it doesn't take me to a place where I know I shouldn't go. So, you may wonder how to listen and hear the still small voice of God. Well, here's the simple solution. Read. Yep, that's the solution. God wrote a manual, uh, a manual so that you could handle just about any of the trials and tribulations you might face in your life. Even if you're not a Christian, I'm sure you've heard of it. Have you? It's the best-selling book of all time. Yep, that's it. The Bible. And here's the key. Here's the key takeaway. The Bible isn't just a, a bunch of black and red words on fancy pages. It's God's Word to anyone who wants to read it and know Him. And His Word is living and true. It's just as appropriate for you and me today as it has been for every generation who has ever read it. And it's alive I'm not kidding. It's alive. When you read God's Word, it comes alive in you. And it becomes the still small voice that you can hear when you come up against the harsh realities of life. So if you'd rather rule your day instead of letting shortcomings ruin your day, see what you can do to let God rule your day. My experience has been that the more I lean on His understanding, the less selfish and self-serving I become. I can believe uh, that it works for anyone. I know it does. Well, what's stopping you from giving it a try? Starting today, what would, what would stop you from giving it a try? What have you got to lose? Eternity? Maybe. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the 
uh, Truth in Words and Music podcast. I'm Tony from TonyFunderburk.com. And as always, I want to let you know that your support for my words and music means the world to me. I'm serious. And uh, there are other awesome ways you can help me get these messages out to others. You can uh, discover my ebooks uh, on Amazon.com. Just look, uh, look for me, Tony Funderburg. And they're also on Smashwords, which distributes them out to places like iTunes, iBooks, and others, uh, the Sony and Kobo. And you can find some of my books there. And most of them are for kids, by the way. You can also subscribe to this podcast. I would love to have you tell your friends and have uh, anyone who likes this sort of uh, truth uh, and likes to hear some music that they haven't heard before. Uh, they can find that all here on my podcast. And if you do, uh, please leave me a, a review on iTunes. That helps me to get the word out and, and uh, get ranking and helps me build an audience. And uh, I would love to share this with as many people as possible. You can also circle me on Google+, Plus if you're familiar with that uh, social media platform. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at Tony underscore Funderburk. And you can watch my videos on YouTube. Just look for Tony Funderburk. So Tony Funderburk, man, he's everywhere. But uh, that's it for me this week, the Truth in Words and Music podcast. And until next time, this is Tony saying... May God bless you and keep you.